Hey everyone, this is April. And this is Jill. And this is the Sweet and Spicy Chicks. Chicks. Thanks so much for joining us. And now, on to the show. Hey everyone. We are so excited for this week's episode upon many requests. Many. From people. I guess people were hounding Jill saying, please, can you do Bridgerton season two? So she texted me. She's like, what do you think? Because you know, guys, I'm a prude. (laughs) She is. Kind of. Kind of. I don't know. She said, I'm getting spicier by the day. I'm like, you're just ripping off of me. What can I say? (laughs) But I had watched the first season, so I was a little apprehensive, but. Yeah, I mean, the first season's definitely a rated R, a little bit more graphic. Yeah, this one so far, I'm only four episodes in because I watched it last night up till 11, which is very late for me. I'm an old lady. (laughs) You're like two years older than me. Okay, I know. Sorry. (laughs) But I actually, for for this one, I actually liked it so far. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, and it doesn't have so far the only thing that I was like, oh, I did have, you know, his bird bottom in that one scene. But other than that, it was good to go. (laughs) Yeah, I'm great. I'm having a good time. I'm sure she is. So <laughs> you want to tell them how we're going to structure it a little different? Yeah, I do. So this is going to be different. So for Bridgerton Season 2 Part 1, we are going to review the first four episodes right now. Because it is a show that was mass released on Netflix, we're actually just going to jump right into main plot lines, spoilers, character development. We're going to go all the way through. So if you have not seen this, this is your... Spoiler alert right now that after this point, which we are one minute and 56 seconds into this episode, (laughs) we are going to be sharing spoilers. So please stop listening to us, go watch it, and then come back and have a good time with us. But that's it. That's all for the housekeeping. So are we ready to jump in? We are. Let's go. We're going to have a good time. We are. Let's do it. All right, so we're going to jump right in first with characters. Now, I'm not so good at knowing, like, the actors and actresses' names or anything like that. Yeah. So we're just going to mention kind of a couple of them and move on. Move on. The main ones, the ones that are important. Yeah. yeah. And really, the one that's most important for her, guys, I can call it right now, is Viscount Anthony Bridgerton. hundred <laughs> percent. Because what? He's, He's hot. hot. I bet you if I go look at her notes, that is going to be top of her list. We'll see. We're not there at the notes yet. Not yet, guys. But maybe I'll bet one of you five bucks. <laughs> All, right. All right. April, do we want to take them to the characters? I do. All right. So the first one is, as mentioned, Viscount Anthony Bridgerton, played by Jonathan Bailey. He plays a rake of the first degree. He has his honorable mother, the Dowager Viscountess Bridgerton. His brother, Benedict, an artist. His eldest sister, Daphne, played by Phoebe. Danver. Danver. Didn't know how to say that. Now the happily married Duchess of Hastings, who we had met in the first season. Yes. And then his second oldest sister, Eloise Bridgerton, who's being presented this season to the queen. And then, of course, there is Her Majesty the Queen. She's my fave. She is so awesome. And she has like this crazy hairdo and stuff, the wigs. She's good. (laughs) Yes. Then we have Lady Dunbury and her wards that she is sponsoring for the season. Kate Sharma, Edwina Sharma, and their mother, Lady Mary Sharma. And we can't forget their adorable dog, Newton. Newton. so cute. Yep. (laughs) Then there is the formidable Lady Featherington and her three daughters, Philippa, who soon becomes Mrs. Finch, Prudence, 
And last but certainly not least, Penelope, a.k.a. Lady Whistledown. And we f- can't forget the new highly sought after Lord Featherington, a.k.a. Cousin Jack, who soon becomes a kissing cousin. Well, if Lady Featherington has her way, at least. Uh, kissing cousin. <laughs> we have to pause because yeah. if you all, the listeners out there, go back to episode two, <laughs> Death on the Nile, <laughs> April, uh, who believes it's very much the norm to be a kissing cousin, has been proven correct. I have never been a kissing cousin, you guys. Just I mean, that's that good. <laughs> if you were, we would just edit that part. That's right. <laughs> but you should have seen her face when I said that last time. I just said it so nonchalantly. And she's like, oh, my God. I can't believe you said You said it was with you said it like it was a matter of fact. And I was like, um, I do want to point out in this one, they are not first cousins. They are fourth. That's, I don't. <laughs> We're not doesn't make any justifying <laughs> this practice, okay? If you're out there, all right, I'll guys, I just got to say move on. Moving, moving on. on. Yep. I'm taking it from Jill. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so next we are going to go into character development. Yep. Take it away. Do you really want to know what's in my notes? Am I going to get my five books? Yeah. <laughs> I just have Jonathan Bailey's thought. How did I know? <laughs> I knew it right from the start. I'm like, that is going to be your top note. <laughs> I mean, other than that, I did think in all seriousness mm-hmm. that they did an excellent job. And I know, I think you thought the same thing. I did. I thought it was really exceptional. I thought for the amount of characters they had too, and the time frame that they have, that they really dove deep into their backgrounds. Yeah. And were able to kind of give us a full picture of all of them and their personalities. I think their personality shown through really well. Yes. For each of the eight Bridgertons. Right. Like each of them have this really unique personality. And I think Shonda Rhimes did a great job of developing mm-hmm. that from a novel because these yeah. are all from right. a series. Um, she did a good job in that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Do we want to say anything else about character development? <laughs> I don't have anything else. I'm sure you don't. (laughs) All right. Now we are getting into the overall plot, which is the Viscount Bridgerton, a.k.a. a rake of the first degree, after being heartbroken at the end of season one by his mistress, and also, I might add, being harangued to death by his mother, has at last decided to fulfill his duty as a Viscount and find a wife Mm -hmm. to settle down with and produce an heir. But... He makes it very clear he's not looking for a love match. He's only marrying to fulfill his duty. In fact, he says, and I quote, you don't need feeling. What I need is what I have. And that is a list. Tolerable, dutiful, suitable enough hips for childbearing, and at least half a brain. And that last part is not so much a requirement, but a preference, in fact. That's gross. Wow. I I just want to throw up. I was like, (laughs) what? Nowadays, we just slap him across the face. Oh, <laughs> literally. Sure. Oh, would you? I mean, well, that's I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I might not go that far, but I might have a finger. I feel like that is just, I mean, this is us looking through a 2022 lens, right. but I feel like that statement is just so cold yeah. and, and cold hearted and just like, really? Like, I'm what just, kind of jerk are you? <laughs> I know. No, thank you. Thanks, but no thanks. No. Okay. So now. Themes visited. Mm-hmm. Love, honor, duty, commitment, and of course, lots of drama. Definitely. And I also felt like there was also woven in hatred, jealousy, <laughs> and grief. Oh, Yours are dark. I think. All right. You're the sunshine. I'm the rain. <laughs> <laughs> you also had death. And I was like, how about grief? Yes. Guys, Just, you made me politically correct. <laughs> so diving I, in. Are we going to dive in now? Well, first, would you watch this with your kids? No. 
Me neither. I don't think mine are going to get it. And also, this is way too boring for them. Well, and I just felt like there were a few things, especially like if I had watched the first season and I'm like, uh, uh-uh, there's no way I'm watching this with my 10 year old yeah, daughter. No. And I mean, this one so far has not been anywhere near like that. No, one, it's but. it's a lot more subdued and it's right. real cute. Yeah. Compared to that other one, I was like, there was yeah. a skip button for a reason. I actually put in my notes that this season didn't have as much canoodling. No. In it as the first one, but there was still times I had to skip over and over and over. And yes, that was my phone, probably my husband or son or daughter saying, "Hey, feed me." We, <laughs> but I'm technologically recording. today are so challenged. We are. It's like one thing we after have another. Going off, dogs going off. I'm like, we've <laughs> and had now to kids cut. and husbands and maybe, kids but. and husbands. We've had to cut so many times. <laughs> so we're just going to leave this in because we're getting real with you. Yeah, but. We're going to jump right into the deeper kind of parts of this now. Yeah. You ready? This is exciting. Let's do it. All right. So really, the season's main plot is Viscount Bridgerton is ready to find a wife. He starts to immediately set up interviews within the first episode with the season's most eligible misses to see if any of them are going to be suitable to become his Viscountess. He starts to interrogate each one, yeah. uh, which – what did you think of the interviews? <laughs> I was like, oh, my Lord, if I was them. <laughs> it was so rude. So rude. I mean, he was asking them stuff like what kind of you know languages – and they'd have like list off three, but oh, no, you don't speak Greek. So yeah, done. Mark off the list. Yeah. And the other done. one, yeah. Like, oh, I play the harp so beautifully, but do you read? <laughs> But I know, so serious. Like you just yeah, but do you do read? You read? And then mark off the list. <laughs> and I felt like it was just not attainable. Like his no. standards are so high. And it's almost the way he was talking about it. He's looking for a horse, yeah. not a wife. He's like, she needs to be able to breed. She needs to be rich from good stock. She needs to have a nice face. I'm like, that. that's a horse. Yeah, not, not a wife. A wife. <laughs> But again, that's really how it was back then. They viewed women, really. I mean, they called it the marriage mart, really. I mean, it's like, okay, what are you doing? Going and trying to buy a cow? Like, yeah, you know? <laughs> trying to buy a cow? Uh, this is going to be my wife. Right. Okay. We're off to, the, off to a good start. Um, so he decided that he must have a wife. He does ask his mother in the first episode for her ring. Yes. And I have a side note. I know everybody's going to attack me for this, but <laughs> they're very rich, right? Yes. That ring was super dinky. I know. <laughs> but it was an heirloom <laughs> ring. <laughs> so from when? <laughs> like the diamond was so small. It was the the behind it, the feeling behind it, the being passed down from okay. generation to generation. I'm not about that. <laughs> give, me like, give me the big diamond. <laughs> I want the bling bling. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just I found fault with the ring. Mm-hmm. I know that it was supposed to be special, but I'm yeah. like, this isn't a rich person's ring. There's like three pearls and the tiniest microscopic <laughs> diamond. So now we know, guys. We better be looking at her ring. Matt, did you make the mark? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> All right, so, so take it away. Well, I just thought how he found fault with each of them. And I almost felt like he was purposely like, do you even want to get married? Like you say that you're wanting to get married. Yeah, I but, think we need to remember he was hurt in the first mm-hmm. season. So for those of you that watched the first season, he was he was dating a mi- – I don't think we can call it dating. He was seeing a mistress. Yes. Yeah. And he really wanted to marry her. He loved her. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of her 
calling or yes. work. And she was life. never going to fit into his life. No. It's like at the end of the last season we saw where he's like, just go the ball with me. And she's like, right. she had to come to terms with like, I am not really what you want right. and what you need. And so she had to cut the ties. And I think we, we also talked about this in Redeeming Love, that mm-hmm. that was very hard from a society standpoint right. to bring someone who is from a lower class yes. into your world and have them be successful mm-hmm. in that role. So he just, it wasn't going to work. No. I mean, she was always going to be looked down upon, always yeah. going to be having, you know, people talk behind their her back about her. Yeah. So, so let's talk about, he meets Kate Sharma immediately. Mm-hmm. Where does he meet her? Riding a horse. Riding a horse. <laughs> that was, a, I like that scene. I said, I, it just like showed so much about her and her personality. Yeah. And her it's, just, it's morning. Yeah, very early, and she's riding this horse fast. Very fast. I said no in my notes. Absolutely <laughs> I not. I would love it. You would? I would. I actually rode horses when I was young, and I love – there's no feeling like riding fast on a horse and with the wind just whipping through your hair. So it just like I could so see that. You cannot see my face right now, <laughs> listeners. I am literally shocked. She is. There's I a lot about me that's shocking I did not know her. you rode a horse. You rode horses like professionally? No, just not professionally, but we had people that they owned horses, and they would let us – they were teaching us how to barrel race and all sorts of stuff. And we would go out. And then when I was a teenager, we would go out on these horse rides. And they're what, they weren't like the walking horse rides that you see a lot. They were actually like you, we could run with their horses. So we would go running. We would jump. We would do all sorts of stuff. And it was a lot of fun. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're so brave. I won't even let – I won't even feed the drafts at the zoo. <laughs> well, I don't know if I would anymore. I'm like, I tried when I was older. My sister's like, come on. We need to go horseback riding. And I tried and I was scared out of my mind. <laughs> I'm scared out of my mind of horses. I'm scared of my mind of everything. That I don't has to do with Mother Nature. <laughs> I'll tell you why later. All right. So he meets Kate Sharma. Uh, do we think they like each other? I think they do. I do. Definitely. There were sparks. They were kind of that flirtatious, you know, back and forth yeah. bantering and stuff. I liked it. I did. And so that's when they first saw each other. But then later on. They meet each other again. Yes. In very different circumstances. Yeah. At a ball. Yeah. And so they get introduced properly because back then you had to be introduced properly to people. So she kind of, okay, this is the guy that I <laughs> had seen that morning. Yeah. But they didn't say like, hey, I've run no. into you before. Because they weren't supposed, supposed to. to. And she was unchaperoned, which back then yes, was not good. So we didn't delve into Regency era uh, actual nonfiction history, but I did research it. Of course you did. <laughs> She is a history major, guys. I am, which I folks. love about her. Uh, I had to. Now I know that you horseback ride. I like that about you. So I had to actually just fact check this, which we already know that there was a lot of creative and dramatic yeah. license taken. Definitely. But I just wanted to see how accurately the 19th century Regency mm-hmm. era was going to be depicted, and it it did stay pretty true to some of the social norms. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to the 19th century marriage and courting, mm-hmm. young women were never, ever allowed no. to be unchaperoned with their prospective suitor or prospective yes. other. So the fact that she was unchaperoned compromised her. Mm-hmm. And in the Regency era, she actually, if someone would have caught them, they would have either been forced to marry yes. or it would have ruined their reputation. Yeah. Men obviously fared a little bit better. Yeah, they did. I but mean, you could go have a mistress and, oh, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but you get caught taking a horse ride. Right. Somebody. But she would have been compromised. So that is why she pretended that they had never met. Exactly. And he respected that. Yep. Yep. And then she, of course, goes and 
and eavesdrops on an important conversation that he's having. Oh, yeah. That's where he said the other male chauvinistic stuff that was Yes. Gross. Do we want to talk about that? <laughs> I was just like, dude, like <laughs> – he is out of control. He is. And I mean, for her, she's looking out for her younger sister because that's really that's why they're there. That's why they're in London is to get her younger sister, Edwina, married. Yeah. So she's Edwina is about to be presented as a mm-hmm. debutante to the queen, Queen mm-hmm. Charlotte. And in those times, this was an actual custom mm-hmm. where women in the upper classes would be presented in their debut season on the marriage market to find a husband because that was the number one goal. Yeah. The only goal. The only, really, of their life. That and Jesus, having children. That's <laughs> but yes, that is what Miss Kate Sharma and Miss Edwina Sharma are there for from India is to find Edwina a husband. Kate's not there to find a husband. No. Why? Because she's considered too old, guys. How old is she? 26. And I was just like, really? She's too old, people. <laughs> me too. I have in my notes. Are you kidding yeah. me? She's 26. And she's so beautiful. She's too old and, yeah. to be presented. That right. was just crazy. And <laughs> again, <laughs> yeah, yeah. moving on. <laughs> so the next time, also, before we dive into yeah. that, how many balls are these people going to have? Know. That's like all they do. That's they it. go to sorries and Sorry. balls. Swar- so, how do you say it? See, she's a she's a history major guy. She's got to she has to correct me. <laughs> Can I just say this is off topic? But in an earlier version, which we cut out, she says Italian. They speak Italian, and I said, <laughs> "Wait, what? <laughs> what did you?" Just and say? I said, "I was up till eleven o'clock, and that's late for me." <laughs> I love you. I make fun of you because you. I love you, and I say things that are wrong too. So just definitely, yes, you did. <laughs> We cut that out too, people. (laughs) All right. So they are now at yet another ball. um, And Kate overhears him saying some really uh, disturbing things. Mm -hmm. What does he say? Well, he's just talking about in general, like his whole viewpoint on marriage and how he doesn't want a love match, which is a big red flag to her because her sister, that's what she's looking for is. And she, as Kate, as the older sister, is trying to protect her younger sister. And so she's like right away. And then he's just saying some other things that are not very pleasant and about marriage and about how just it's basically for duty and duty alone that he's getting married. Yeah. And that was offensive to her. Like She's really? like, that's <laughs> offensive to me. Yeah. All of us. <laughs> I'm like, what? Childbearing hips? Excuse me. Exactly. And then I have in my notes, like, upon having a heated discussion with him after she found him eavesdropping, she tells him in no uncertain terms what she thinks of him, ending with your character as as deficient as your horsemanship and bids him good (laughs) night. Good for you. That was the equivalent of a 19th century mic drop. Yes. She's like, you can't ride a horse and you suck as a person. Good night. Bye. But how does, I mean, see, episode one closes with him being introduced to Edwina, Kate's younger Mm -hmm. sister, and they are hitting it off. Yes. And Kate's not happy. No, not at all. At all. And then she basically just grabs her and is like, no. Yeah, you are not. That is the one you you cannot have. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would too. Everything you've seen and heard, you're not marrying this guy. No. But that's episode one closing. So should we just dive right into episode two? Yes. Highlights? Sure. Do you have a favorite scene? Yes, I do. Off to the races. Can I tell you why? Because everybody who's listening probably already knows this. But if you don't, I love horse betting. And I do horse bet. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> 
<laughs> I horseback ride or did, and you. You like riding up? I like making money off of. <laughs> okay. So my husband and I go to Vegas and we horse bet. It'll be fun. It really is fun. It's very fun, actually. And this scene was so funny because they were all sitting there. Um, the 19th century equivalent, again, of horse betting, but they were at the races. Mm-hmm. Kate Sharma's there. Viscount Anthony Bridgerton's there. And Edwina Sharma is mm-hmm. there. And they're all sitting down basically to um, bet on who's going to win the horse race. And Anthony had – this is why it's my favorite scene. So Anthony had essentially asked one of his buddies, Lord Dorset, mm-hmm. if he could – keep Kate company because yes. she was such a witch so that <laughs> he could occupy her. Yeah. <laughs> occupy her so that he could snuggle up with her sister. Yes. And it ends up just going terribly wrong. Terrible. So they have to all sit together. Lord Dorset is immediately like under interrogation. He's like, okay, I'll tell you everything. Here's what happened. <laughs> he came up to me and told me to keep you occupied. I'm like, you suck. Yeah. As you- far as <laughs> keeping secrets, it was like 12 <gasps> seconds and you were yes. done. So Kate finds out um, and then Edwina, Kate, Anthony, and Lord Lumley. Is he the I one that was so. sitting? Yeah, yes. he was sitting next to them. And I will just add that I thought that was super rude when <laughs> Lord Bridgerton, Viscount Bridgerton, just comes in and is like, get out the way, kind of, really. It's like, <laughs> I mean, he's sitting there next to Edwina. Is it Lord? What did you say, Lord Lumley? I think it's Lord Lumley. Lumley? Okay. Yeah. And. Yeah, he's just like, oh, get, go get, go get lemonade, go get drinks. Yeah, and so then he just scoots on in and puts himself it's between so them. Sneaky, he is. And then he, they just start going off. They're and bickering, Kate, bickering like little kids, and everyone's embarrassed and like, type down. <laughs> and they're like, are they having fun? And the sisters like, I think they're doing it in good spirits. And I, the, I hope the other guys like, yeah, we don't think so. <laughs> no, I mean, you should see him. They're like, my horse. And then of course she pretty much gives him a dressing down about she his, does. you know, he had bet on this horse. Is it nectar? Yes. And then she's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, nope. He, this that is why gonna he's lose. not going to win. Yeah. And went over all this stuff and just went in his face basically. And he, <laughs> he didn't like that. She <laughs> eviscerated that man. Yes. And his horse betting. <laughs> and I do have in my notes. Okay. Well, you don't have to attack him for I would have bet the same way okay? <laughs> I don't have to attack him for that um, but, but it was good won. it ended terribly yeah again it's like every time they're together it's like it's like that it's almost like that love hate it's yeah. like you can kind of feel that underneath tension and you're not sure if it's like love or hate but definitely their looks are definitely sometimes <laughs> filled with hate but other times it's smoldering so you're kind of not I sure know. It's that it's that I hate to be around you because I don't know. I like I hate to be around you, but I love to be around you, mm-hmm. but I hate to be around yes. you. I love you. I hate that I love you. Right. Which <laughs> that's uh just so we're clear, that's not what real love is. <laughs> no. We just we just want to make that real clear. Like this is just for entertainment purposes. It's okay. funny, mm-hmm. but you probably shouldn't be bickering with the man you're dating. Right? I know. I mean, sometimes like, like opposites attract and things. And so you're going to bring out certain things in each other. But no, I would not say that that is top of the list to have someone that you're fighting with all the time. No. <laughs> Be your life partner. <laughs> yeah. So off to the races. Horrible. Ended. Uh, Anthony mm-hmm. is just – he's just putting his foot in every single – episode every single moment and scene he's yeah. done so then we fast forward to i have in my notes a male talent show but it's 
males who are talentless. <laughs> yes. So I don't understand what's happening. Each of them has the worst talent in the and world. I'm like, why are you guys showing that? That should be something you're like pretending, you know, do not show everyone. Well, they all seem to really want to sign up and do this talent show. And I'm like, but none of you have talent. No, but and- they all think they do because they're chauvinistic and narcissistic. <laughs> that was my take. Are you, are you a little bitter over there? Maybe. Like, all, all of them. No, but they all was like, they were horrible, but yet you're showing this off in a crowd of people. And they were proud of them. They were super proud. They're like, look at this talent. I'm like, that's it's an it's a string and you have something taped to it. I don't <laughs> And the poor women that were sitting yes. there were like, This is great. Fake clapping. Yeah. <laughs> so the talent show is happening, or the talents list show yes. is happening. And then Anthony decides he's gonna participate in the talent show. So mm-hmm. just a quick side note, he didn't get invited to this talent show, remember? He got left out on purpose. <laughs> and he's like, I'm still going to show yes. up. <laughs> Which, <Bargain. laughs> don't ever come to a party you're not invited no. to. It won't be good for you. But he shows up anyway. And he decides to read, is it poetry? It's his brother's poem that his brother just decided to spout off because he's, Benedict is the artistic one. And so he's just saying all these beautiful words. And then Anthony, or Anthony as his mother calls him, is... Oh, write it down. And so he goes and he starts saying it like it's his. Yeah. And taking it on as his. But then he feels guilty as he looks at Kate, if you notice. He was okay as he looked at Edwina, but then he kept looking at Kate and he's like, Oh, I didn't catch that. I did catch that. And then he tossed it into the fire and then he started just saying, you know, I'm not a poet, but that doesn't mean I'm any less of a person kind of thing. And that was really cool how he tied that all together. I did like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought he he did really well when he said, I'm not going to lied to you. Yes. Like I'm actually that was the first time that we're like, okay, finally. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, thank you for not being such a jerk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) As you've been the entire time. (laughs) So he spouts off kind of his he's living his truth right now. Yes. And I have Edwina and Kate are both into this. Yes. Like Kate is into it and Edwina is she's trying not to be. Yeah. And Kate and Edwina is like hook, line and sinker. This is the man I'm gonna marry. Yes. All right. And then you can kind of see even then the starting point of like we were talking a little bit, the love triangle that we'll see coming up. Yeah. And how Kate doesn't want to like him, but it's like she's pulled by this force almost. I know. And you see her going into that other room and Lady Danbury coming in and basically saying like, do you want to be alone the rest of your life and all this stuff and kind of gives her a <laughs> talking to. She does. Yeah. <laughs> because Kate's like this, the personality that Kate has is this very headstrong Yes. I'm going to be alone. I Mm -hmm. think she says, I'm going to go be a governess. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. Everything's for my sister. Let's get her married. And then she's going to go back to India. That's the plan. Right. Um, But episode two really ends with both of the sisters being drawn to him. And Mm -hmm. so we start to see, to your point, the love triangle developing. And then we head right into episode three. Yes. What's your favorite scene from episode three? Oh, there was a lot of stuff going on in that one. There was. Honestly, I have a lot. I mean, there was a lot of hard, sad scenes in that one because yeah. it starts off. So with his I can, dad. Yeah. With his dad dying from a bee sting. That was tragic. And, and it made you think again, wow, that really did happen back then. Yeah. And, you know, they didn't have the the hospitals, the doctors, all the things that we have nowadays that they could do that. And how it really changed his life. In an instant, all the Bridgertons, in one moment, they went from having their loving father and husband to just being 
fatherless, fatherless, and husbandless, and his then, mother was really devastated because she was yes, pregnant with pregnant. Hyacinth, mm-hmm. her last one. And then she went to early. It seemed like labor and all yeah. of that. And Anthony, he went from being you know this young, carefree, probably nineteen year old, I think at the time, yeah, to becoming a man in an instant and having to step in and assume that full responsibility. I yeah. mean. He got pulled into the child birthing room of his mom and he had to decide. Oh, that scene was crazy. Yeah. I was like, whoa, that would be so hard. So it kind of starts setting up the whole thing and idea of how we see behind the scenes of why he is this hard kind of jerk <laughs> that he's become. Yeah. It kind of starts showing a softer side through all of this. And I did like that. I like I made a too. reason of like why. Because sometimes you just see people and you take them at face value and you write them off. But this made you see like he had to become this. Yeah. I loved that yeah. too. His development yes. in this show was really great. It was. Because at first we were both like, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> we were not liking him. And through this episode, I'm like, oh, it made him human. It did. And I, I like And we that. got to see where that the personality traits that he is today developed. And yes. I thought that that was really um, good for us to see. My, Can I tell you my, <laughs> my blunder in this? And my <laughs> husband will vouch for this. <laughs> so I'm watching the game that they're playing. And at yes. first- I thought it was cricket because it looked very close to cricket. I did too. Mm -hmm. So, because they have the mallets and the Mm -hmm. balls and then they have the same cricket set up. And then then I'm looking at it and the game is pronounced pow-mow. Yes. I thought, by the way it was spelled, it was pronounced Paul Mall. And my husband's like, that's a cigarette brand. (laughs) In my head, for the last few days, I've been thinking – the game they were playing is called Paul Mall. And he's yeah. like, no, it's honey, a, that's a cigarette brand. It's, it's Paul Mall. <laughs> that's a true story. I can't make that up. Um, I liked that that scene. I did too. I, and that actually would probably be one of my favorites was when um, they fell in the mud. Yes. That was funny. <laughs> I was laughing. That was good. And I really loved how they both – that was the first scene where Anthony started laughing. Yes, and where they did have kind of a truce of sorts. Yeah. And I like that, They agreed to be friends. Yes. And I think she – he said, like, hey, I know what I said in the past was disgusting. And I was like, yeah, it was. It was. But he did say, (laughs) I understand kind of where you would feel the way you're feeling. um, And can we call a truce? Mm -hmm. I have good intentions when it comes to your sister. Mm -hmm. I want to make her happy. Why do you keep standing in the way? Yep. Can we agree to disagree and call a truce? And then they did. Yep. Yeah. So I like that. And yeah. then you saw where he ended up. They were at the gravesite of his yes. father. Oh. And so he never said anything about it. She found out later from his, I think, sister told him. Yeah. Um, because he was very quiet and he just kind of walked away and, and kind of quit the game. And that was not like him at all. Yeah. And so there you do see the reason, again, that Antony has become the seemingly cold, heartless rake that he's become. Yeah. And then I liked also that scene he had with his mother. Yeah. That was also another one where you're like, really wow. Scene. Yeah, it was. And again, it showed like, you know, uh, his mother had said that he had put up walls and then he treated love like his greatest weakness instead of his greatest strength. Aww. And then Anthony on his end says he remembers every waking moment after his father died and he couldn't, and the cause, he could not be the cause of so much pain for anyone else. Yeah, I have that too. Yeah. And so his remedy is 
just to not love at all, but instead have a marriage of convenience. So that's the whole reason behind it. Yeah. And his not and his wanting a loveless marriage because he does not want to be the reason for anyone's sadness pain. and pain and heartache because his mom is so lost. I mean, like she said, she like, was. He was the air I breathe. And how do I keep on breathing without the air? Yeah. And so for a long time, she was really messed up after his father's death. And so he does not want to put that on anyone else. And so I thought that was a really, again, good part of it. And part showing. of his development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked that too. They did such a great job with his mother and his conversations. Yes. I liked that. I did too. And I really like both of the actors and actresses and how they play their parts. They did a really good job. They fit it very well. Yeah, I think they do too. I mean, I think he's – Jonathan Bailey has done a great job in this character from season one to Mm -hmm. season two. But I also liked the B scene. And I think that's the first scene. I didn't – I didn't put it together. I guess I – I've watched this three times, but I didn't put it together – why he was having a panic attack. You did it? No. Did you? <laughs> yes. I was like. Right away. I don't think I understand. Mm-hmm. And then I, did. I she rewatched. She did, of course. Yeah, yeah. I rewatched it and I was like, like oh, <laughs> okay. I got it. You were probably tired when you watched it. I probably I was like, I don't. He's getting real freaked out about this beat. But then I thought in my mind, oh, they didn't have any EpiPens back then. No. So if someone was and, allergic. Right. And that's what happened. I mean, they had never known. Yep. And then just boom, it took one bee sting and he's gone in seconds, really. I know. So that'd be hard. But that was a, a really strong, powerful scene between him and Kate. He was and really worried. Very worried. But then that attraction again, that just yeah. they can't help but feel. It feels like they're pulled together. Yeah. And then like that stupid magnetic. horse interrupted. And I was yeah. like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> we were so close. We were what? <laughs> Three episodes in, we were so close to a kiss and then the horse thing. And I was like, oh, we're closing the episode. No kiss. Okay. Yes. All right. We're diving into – which episode is this now? Three? That was three. Now we're going on to the four. We're the last one of this part. Yes. Which is titled Victory. Victory. Mm-hmm. All right. What's our favorite scenes around Victory? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of little scenes that kind of go into this. The favorite one, I would have to say, do you have one? Um, I just liked the one scene. This, this is how... <laughs> Ridiculous! I am. I liked the one scene where they're on the hunt, and Kate's doing great on the horse with Anthony, and in the back, uh, yeah, her maid. I was laughing so hard because I have in my notes that would one hundred percent be me. Yes. The maid was like, "I hate this. I don't want to ride this horse," and the horse is like acting so horrible. She's getting like almost is. bucked yeah. off. She can't control it. I'm like, this is my life and what would happen to me if I decided to get on a horse. So I love that scene. Yes. I just thought it was so representative of people who don't want to ride horses but are forced to. Yes. And you know what I thought was crazy about all of this was like Edwina, she's like oblivious to the whole thing going on between Kate and Lord Bridgerton. I know. And I felt bad, but she like keeps pushing them together and they're trying to stay away because yeah. they're like, they feel this attraction, but they're trying not to be attracted. And so they're trying to be good. And then she's like, go, go, go. And and Kate's like, no. And Lord Bridgerton, I get Bridgerton's like, no. And then she makes them go on this hunt together. Yeah, she and does. Like, Lady, you're digging your own grave. Thank you. <laughs> because in the next scene I have in my notes, there's another ball. Okay. It's the Hearts and Flowers <laughs> ball. We're going to do another yes. one. And she forces her sister, Kate. So yes. Edwina forces Kate and 
Anthony Bridgerton mm-hmm. to dance. And I said, again, stop forcing. <laughs> this is a throwback from Death yes. on the Nile. Stop forcing attractive people to dance without yes. you. It never it ends well yeah. for you. <laughs> when your friends or your sister is prettier and you force them to dance with the man that you like, it's not going to end well for you. So stop, stop. doing it. <laughs> but I'm with you. You dug your own grave. Sorry, girl. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't know, sadly, but <laughs> it's like, you're, are you being naive or just blind on purpose? And then, I mean, she doesn't love him. She loves the idea. Do you of think him that Edwina doesn't love him? I Is think that- she doesn't know him enough to love him. I think she loves his title. She loves the stability. She loves that he's a, vis- a Viscount. Yeah. I think she loves all of that about him. And she loves like the surface stuff. Cause you see like how when his sister Daphne is like saying stuff when they're playing cards together and she was saying something about him and Edwina had a totally different take. And Daphne's like, no, that's not how my brother is. <laughs> like, yeah, that's she true. has this perception of him that's not true. I think she likes the idea of him or loves the idea of yes. him too. So I don't think she really loves him. I think she That's a good point. She likes him and she, and again, back then it was like you didn't have a lot of time. Weddings, some of them were just kind of rushed. You went from one to the well, other. Well, the courtship in some ways. was yeah, the courtship was really quick. So yeah. I think I mentioned this uh earlier, but I did do and if I didn't, I did do some research around the nineteenth century Regency era courtship and marriage by peer-reviewed articles, folks. Mm-hmm. So this is not just a wiki find. <laughs> um, and one of the things that they said was not only the age of the average age of consent with parental involvement, but they also said that the courtship was very quick. So it literally could go from, and couples would see each other just a couple of times or a handful of times. So it would go from this ball where they were presented at the marriage market. They went to the balls, they saw each other, courted, and it could be just a handful of times that they walked chaperoned Mm -hmm. or sat down and read or visited um, the symphony Mm -hmm. chaperoned had a very small uh, interaction with each other and then they were married. Yeah. You don't know anyone from that. So you don't have, yeah, you don't have a lot of time to know anyone. Yeah. And marriage of course was based off of uh, business, politics, money, socioeconomic Mm -hmm. class. So it was very much an arranged business still in 1813. Yeah. So it's not like, a lot of time no. to get to know your partner. So no. I agree. I actually – that's a really good point that you made. She didn't know him, but she was so ingrained and in love with the idea mm-hmm. of marrying someone yes. that that's what happened. And you saw too in the – actually the last episode where they were playing that Palmel game, again, how they did not suit each other. No. Edwina and Anthony at all. Or no. Anthony. They actually were complete opposites where Kate was definitely more on. Yeah. <laughs> on level with him being very competitive yeah. and cutthroat and just fitting in with the whole group of Bridgertons because yeah. they're, they're kind of crazy. She's rambunctious. <laughs> yeah. They're rambunctious. Like it works. And Edwina was kind of like, eh, and she even stopped the game because she wasn't going to go into the woods to get her She's ball. She's like, I'm really done. Yeah. And then here Kate is going and getting in the mud. So that again showed all of that. Yeah. No, yeah. I really thought it was uh, – I liked the – is it? It's Pal Mal. Pal Mal game. I, I keep wanting to say Pal Mal. Nope, not the cigarette. <laughs> uh, no, I thought that was great. And then season, so episode four, yeah. we're at the Hearts and Flowers Ball. 
Edwina or Kate and Edwina forces Kate basically and Anthony Anthony mm-hmm. to dance. And at the end of that dance, Kate reveals that she's planning on going back to India. Mm-hmm. And it messes him up. It does. He's like shook. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't have even said that. That's a millennial term. He's shook to the core. That's right. Uh, no, he's really upset. He goes, yeah. stomps off. He doesn't even finish the dance. I'm like, dude, stop cutting people yeah. off in the middle of the dance. It's really <laughs> rude. Yeah. But he goes right into the room. Uh, she follows him because her sister's like, what did you do to upset mm-hmm. him? I'm like, well, you don't know that it's her fault. It right. was, but still. So they have a talk and he's like, oh, so you're just going to abandon your, your sister? sister? And she's like, this was a plan the whole time. <laughs> and she'll be married to you. Yeah. She's going to be fine. Right. He's upset. For And we were like, why, dude? You're supposed to be going after the <laughs> sister. <laughs> We know why. Yeah. Because he likes her. But he's trying to hide that from himself. And again, that whole he doesn't want to be in love. So anything that makes him feel that feeling, he's running from it. Yeah. And so like when then they have this scene again in that room and then his sister Daphne catches them. Every time. I know. It's the horse. It's the sister. (laughs) We're four episodes in. We're still not going to have him kiss. This is like. I know this is Shonda Rhimes trying to get me hook, line, and sinker, and you got me because I'm going to watch now because I just want them to kiss, and you keep interrupting it. So Daphne does interrupt them when they were getting close to kissing. And back then, if you were caught in that compromising position, you would be forced into marriage. Yes. Well, Daphne has a heart-to-heart with her brother. She thinks that what she says about love and everything that she's been talking to him through the whole episodes is going to – make him, you know, decide and make up his mind and, you know, sounds so great. So she thinks she's going to go in and propose to Kate. Yeah. And to her shock, he's, he takes out that dinky ring and goes and proposes <laughs> to Edwina. And Kate is just like, what? This poor girl is standing there. I, I mean, felt so bad for her. I and then Daphne too. too. And all of them are just like, what? <laughs> he's so stubborn. Well, it's because, again, he's like he realized that what he was feeling for Kate was love. And he didn't want that. He didn't want to hurt anyone or get hurt by anyone. Yeah. Like he saw his mom and with his dad and all that situation. And so he's like, nope, I know what to do. And he goes and proposes to Edwina that he doesn't love. Yeah. and Which is so... <laughs> So hurtful. I said, hold on. I have something in my notes where I said, is he going to get it wrong? Yep. He's going to get it wrong. <laughs> and said, he did. Well, there's four more episodes, so he got it wrong. <laughs> I was just like, wow, like how, how crazy. And then we skipped over that whole side story going on of the Featheringtons. Now that's some crazy stuff. They, I know. We need a whole <laughs> other few episodes to just talk about <laughs> yeah. that family. Yes. Because – they are out of control. <laughs> the mom especially. She's, she's <laughs> something on else. another level. She is. I was like, how could you? She sits there plotting and does all of this. I know. She's get- very vindictive and yeah. manipulative. And I know. The Featheringtons are a whole other like side story that we yes. need to do a bonus episode on. Because that was crazy. I was like, what is her obsession with making these cousins kissing cousins? Oh, see, here we go. <laughs> this is why. So for those of you that weren't around for Death on the Nile, we're going to go through this again. You felt like it was – actually, you stated that it was the norm for uh, cousins to We be see it in cousins. here, people. My point was proven. We, <laughs> we, 
We're not trying to justify kissing cousins. Stop making it try to work. But to Lady Featherington, she was like, it's no big deal. We're Just marry your cousin. cousins, so it's no big deal. And her whole thing was she didn't want to have some other lady come in and take over and do what she wanted to do. So she felt like her not so bright daughter would be a perfect <laughs> idiot daughter. So her daughter when her and the maid were Penelope, talking. Those daughters yes. are just, I'm like, I feel so. I know. They and share a brain. Poor Penelope. <laughs> she's just sitting there like, oh my goodness. And thinking like, how could you do this? Well, then I'm sorry, Lady Featherington, you dug your own grave. Come to find out that he was marrying that other lady so that he could have money for all of them. Right. Because he ends up being broke. The so-called mines that he has, Lord Featherington was all talking about all his mines and everything. They had nothing in them. <laughs> so just for the listeners to kind of understand the story. So the Featheringtons were kind of a neighboring family mm-hmm. to the Bridgertons. They were of money until her Lady Featherington's husband, didn't he make some real dicey decisions, yes. speculative decisions with their money, yeah. lost it all. Yeah. Um, they had a distant relative in Jack Featherington mm-hmm. who was coming into town as a male to inherit Yes. Essentially nothing because the family didn't have anything left. And in that time again, I guess it was felt – well, I don't guess. I know. It was felt mm-hmm. that women couldn't handle mm-hmm. managing the family estate and business, which thank God we live in the times that we yeah. do. Hashtag they could. They just weren't mm-hmm. given the chance. Yes. But I'm not going to harp on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you get on our soapbox. Yeah. Not going to get on my soapbox. <laughs> they could. There's many of them that could handle managing yes. the estate. Um, but – They just didn't have the opportunity to do that. So Jack came into town. He knew they had nothing. He was trying to actually marry someone who had money. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Lady Featherington didn't know that. And she decides to put her daughter in a compromising situation with with her cousin. Yeah. They're cousins. So that they have to get married. So they're forced into marriage and then all for her to find out. He was actually trying to do the right thing, but she being the manipulative person that she (laughs) is didn't let his plan succeed. And now they're broke and she's going to have – what are their kids going to be? Because they're cousins. They're going to marry. So their kids will be – Cousins and brothers and sisters. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) That's even weird for me. Never mind. (laughs) Moving on. Yes. So that's the side story. We have to do Mm -hmm. like a side episode on them one day because they're just – There is. And there's all different kinds of side kind of stories because you see Colin as well going and visiting Miss Thompson turned Lady Crane and that whole kind of side story. Yeah. I think we decided – you and I had talked about Mm -hmm. we're just going to do the main plot because there's so much. There is. And we'd be here all day. For years. Yeah. And how, that's how it feels <laughs> Ten today, years people. <laughs> but essentially, so that wraps up episode four. Anthony proposes to the wrong sister. Yes. He proposes to Edwina, even though we, as the audience, know that he's really in love with Kate and Kate's really in love with him. So the love triangle is established. Edwina is, uh, has no idea. No. So Sad. poor Edwina. 
She's yeah. about to find out in episode <laughs> five and beyond. Don't uh, give too many spoilers. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, I know. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so for this one, I think that's it. Are we ready to wrap? And I think so. And then just stay tuned, guys, for next time. We're so excited. We I are. are you excited about this season? I am. I'm excited too. I know initially we were kind of nervous yes. about going into it, but I really like it. Yeah, it's actually really cute. Yeah. And like I said, it wasn't like the last one. <laughs> No, it wasn't. It wasn't that graphic. No. So I overall, I really like these uh, four first episodes. All right, good. Well, I'm Mm -hmm. happy if you're happy. All right. Well, that is it. We love you. We're praying for you. Thank you so much for listening and tune in for the Next. next episode where we conclude Bridgerton season two. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. 